Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. So hey, if we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. Question for you. Again, we're starting with audience participation, just like last time I was. Only this time I'm not going to do karaoke. That was too embarrassing. This time I'm going to ask you, do you guys like pancakes? Raise your hand for a yes. Keep your hand down if you are just... I don't know if we can be friends. Just kidding. Uh, all right, what do you guys like in your pancakes? Just shout it out. What do you guys like? Everything. Everything. Okay. Did I hear blueberries out there? Chocolate chips. Perfect. I love chocolate chips and uh, strawberries, whipped cream. Yes. What? Can candy corn. Some people plugged their ears when he said that. I love pancakes. About 10 years ago, I woke up and had a desire for pancakes. And we didn't have any pancake mix or anything, so I had to, you know, figure out how to do it myself. So um, I, I don't think I had a smartphone at the time yet, but I got out my device or whatever, and I looked for a pancake recipe, and it said 4.8 stars, and I was like, sweet, this doesn't look too hard. And I was going through the ingredients and putting them all in a bowl, and you know, you got your flour, and you got your baking powder, and then you've got your eggs, and then it said salt, and I was like, salt? I don't want salty pancakes. Gross. Skipping that step, went on to make the, the pancakes, mixed them up, you know, and they looked great. They were kind of fluffy, and they were looking delicious. And then Liz and I bit into them, and they were just like, meh. Just like, that's, all I, that's, that's how I can describe it. That's it. They were just meh. And I had, I had no idea. Liz was like, well, did you follow the recipe, right? I was like, yeah, I did everything. I mean, I, of course, I skipped the salt. I didn't want salty pancakes. And she was like, no, the salt enhances the flavor. Like, that's what brings out all the flavors in the pancake. And I was like, I didn't know that. Of course, you guys probably know that. You guys are smart. But that day, I learned that salt doesn't just make things salty like french fries, but it enhances everything around it. Now, this seems to be something that's common knowledge, right? Like, seems like everybody knows this except for me. And the people that lived in Jesus' time, they knew this. There was definitely common knowledge for them because it wasn't just about enhancing flavor, but they needed salt for just daily living. It was a necessity for them. I'm going to read a few things that Jesus said to people, just like you and me. I mean, these really were people just like you and me. <clears throat> Nothing too special about them. And not that we're not special, we're special. <laughs> Especially millennials, Gen X, we're special people, right? We need extra confirmation that we're special. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Jesus tells these people um, about salt, and he talks to them about light, and that which was equally necessary for life, just like it is today. So I'm going to read uh, what Jesus had to say in Matthew 5, 13. So if you want to turn there with me, you can. Matthew 5, 13. Now, the verses leading up to this passage, this is what Liz talked about last week. So um, it, later on this week, you should go back, listen to the podcast um, of what Liz talked about, these verses leading up to what Jesus says here. But this is verse 5, 13 in Matthew. He says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. 
You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So at that time, there were three uses for salt. You had salt as a preservative, kind of like beef jerky is today. With You can put your meat in salt um, and it preserves it. You've got, you can use it for cleansing. It cleans wounds. It cleans other things. It's good for cleaning. And then the third thing is flavoring. And that's where salt enhances everything that it touches. It brings out flavors and things that you never thought, like my pancakes. I didn't want salty pancakes, but if I would have put salt in there, it would have been uh, delicious. And you can bet that next time I made pancakes, I tried to put salt in there, and they weren't salty. They were just delicious. It was great. You know, five years later, I still hadn't learned the lesson because it wasn't until... I don't know, I I never put salt on my burgers or on corn. No one told me, I grew up in central Illinois, no one told me to put uh, salt on my corn. So I kept learning that salt really is an enhancer. Now salt, it's something that makes everything better. I I went on Amazon this week and I just did a Google search, uh, Amazon search, (laughs) Um, and I just put in sea salted to see what would come up. Over 4,000 sea salted things came up on Amazon. There's a ton of great foods with salt um, that, it, that it's enhancing. Like you've seen like caramel and chocolate and all these different things that are enhanced with salt. It also turns down bitters. So you can put salt in bitter things and it takes away some of the bitterness. That makes what Jesus said about us being salt and light, about us being salty, really powerful. Jesus says, you are the salt of the world. You and me, we are the salt of the world. His message being that we're making things better. We're enhancing the world around us. We're enhancing the people around us. It's not by our own effort, but it's with the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. Because just as we have been transformed by the power of Jesus, we get to go out as salt and transform others with that same power that's transformed us. But for us to be salt, we have to allow Jesus to transform us first. And um, when you're transformed, you get to be a part of transforming others. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus uses us that way as salt. We get to do the things that Jesus did to transform the world. As he was salt and light, we get to be salt and light. I'm not just talking about the miracles that Jesus did. Well, we, we, um, we can do those miracles for sure. I've, I've prayed for a person whose elbow was completely healed from tendonitis. Um, we, we see the kingdom breaking in, and we've seen all sorts of miracles happen. That is part of it. But Jesus here is talking about, yes, that, But also Jesus is talking about our whole lives, every area of our lives being salt and light. You guys, I see you guys in this congregation right here, I see you guys being salt here every week. 
Like, we've got our prayer team that's up here, and you can get prayer after service, right? That's being salty. And then, you know, sometimes I'll look around the room, and I'll just see, like, some people praying in a little huddle over here, and some people praying in a huddle over there. Just because you guys started sharing life, something hard was going on, he said, hey, can I pray for you about that? You know, it's just the, one, of those, one of those natural things. You're being salty, enhancing the world around you. And I bet some of you guys here also do that like in your jobs. Like maybe you're just hanging out with friends or something and someone's going through a hard time. You just say, hey, can I pray for you right now? I did that once and the person told me, yeah, no one's ever prayed for me before. Isn't that nuts? And we get to do that. We get to ask the, the God of the universe to come be involved in someone's life. And people are really honored by that. And it's not just that, it's uh, in your work decisions, it's in your home life, it's uh, whenever we live like Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit, we become salt and we enhance the world around us. Now you see here that Jesus gives us a warning or a caution and says, what good is salt if it's not salty anymore? What good is something if it doesn't do what it's made to do, is what he's saying. So how do we retain our saltiness? It just comes from listening to the wisdom of Jesus. It comes by saying yes to him every single day. It's admitting when we're wrong, saying, Jesus, I'm sorry that I turned my back on you. It's uh, when we've said no to him, we, we come back to him. And we return to the wisdom that he has for our lives. What it comes down to is that saltiness comes from the ultimate salt source himself, which is Jesus. We can only transform the world, enhance the world, if our saltiness comes from God himself. So what does this look like? Just like practically, what does it look like? Well, luckily for us, Jesus, right after he tells us to be salt and light, he tells us how to be salt and light. I won't read everything he said to you. That's all of Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. You can read that on your own this week. I encourage you to do so. Uh, but let me give you some highlights. Here's, here's some of the things he says. When you've wronged someone, make it a priority to make things right. Don't lust. Oh, don't let lust into your life. It leads to brokenness. Honor your marriage vows. If you've made a commitment, follow through on it. Don't seek revenge on those who wrong you. Instead, show them kindness. Love your neighbor and love your enemy. Pray for those who want to do harm to you. Give to those in need. When it comes to spiritual practices, do them to connect with God, not to show everybody how pious you are. He teaches us how to pray. That's where we get the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, that's where we get that prayer. He teaches us how to pray there. Uh, he says, don't look to money to provide for you. Look instead to your heavenly Father who loves you. We get the golden rule in this passage. Follow the golden rule. In addition to this teaching, there are hundreds of other passages that teach us how to be salt and light in the world. One of my favorites is Colossians 3. If you want to turn there, you can. Otherwise, I'll have it on the screen here. This is Colossians 3.12. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, 
Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Look at those first few words. Think about how that would look like in our everyday lives. Tender-hearted mercy. Not just mercy, but tender-hearted. When people wrong you, what would that look like? Kindness, even when someone doesn't deserve it. Humility to put people, other people, above yourselves. Gentleness, even when we're triggered, when we see that comment on Facebook and we're like, ah! I'm going to go be a keyboard warrior. Instead, we show gentleness. What would that look like? When he talks about being ready and quick to forgive each other who wrong us, just like be quick to forgive. That's an important, that's an important thing to live as salt. I think that all of those things, it's a, it's a great summary of what it looks like to be the salt of the earth. And Jesus is teaching how to be salt and light. He says this in verse uh, 43. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true, true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. Those were like seen as the worst people in the world at the time, tax collectors. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. We're pretty good at being salt, enhancing the lives of the people around us who are already salt, right? The people that agree with our opinions, we're like, yeah, let's be friends. But later, I brought my salt shaker from home. This is my salt shaker here. Um, And look, look at all that salt in there. But it's not doing anything in here, right? In order for this to take effect, it's got to get out of here. Like it's just hanging out with his other salt friends, not doing anything, and I think this is, could be like us. If we're just hanging around like church people, just friends that are like us, you know, like we're not doing much for the world. We're just hanging out with our other salt things. But it's not until we get out onto, into Dan's pancakes, right, that we enhance something that hasn't been enhanced before. We take what's bland and enhance it in the name of Jesus. So we got to get out of our salt shakers. Now, if you're here... And you're thinking, I, I don't even know if I have that in my own life. I don't know if Jesus has come into my life and, and enhanced it. I've got great news for you. You don't need to despair. I'll get to this in a second. Um, but first, we've got to look at who Jesus is talking to in this passage. If you look back, like right before this passage starts in chapter 4, 23 through 5, 1, um, I'll just read this quickly. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee. He taught in synagogues. He taught the good news about the kingdom of God. He was healing. 
Um, news spread about him all over. He was, uh, all the sick were coming to him. He was healing them of their sickness, diseases. Even demon-possessed people were being released of demons. He healed them all, it says. Large crowds followed him wherever he went um, from all over. And one day, as he saw the crowds gathering, these are just crowds, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down, and his disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. And that's when he starts to teach the passage that Liz talked about last week, and I'm talking about this week. You see the significance here? This command to be salt and light is an invitation. It's an invitation from Jesus. He's not talking to his biggest fans, right? He's not talking to like the 12 disciples that have been following him around for a while. He's talking to the masses. He's talking to people just like you and me. Like some of these people, maybe some of them were just healed that day by Jesus. Maybe perhaps some of them were just walking by and saw this giant crowd and they were like, oh, what's this going on over here? Let me check it out. Jesus is talking to them. So as we look at who he's talking to, we see that this is an invitation from Jesus, an invitation to people just like you and me to be salt, an invitation to be light. This is an invitation for you and for me to be transformed by God's kingdom, by Jesus himself. The things of heaven can happen in your life now, just like Anne was talking about, the already and the not yet. We see kingdom things happening in our lives now. The things that are broken in your life healed. The things that are done in your past that you think can't be forgiven, that you think disqualify you from a life with Jesus, completely forgiven. In the kingdom of God, those things are wiped away and there is nothing in your way to being a loved child of God. And so if you're here and you've said yes to Jesus before and you want to follow him, those things don't, leave those things in the past. Let's get out of our salt shaker and let's go be salt in the world. Let's go enhance the world around us. And for those of us that maybe we haven't encountered Jesus before, I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus today. Saying yes to Jesus comes by just a simple prayer. And if you want to pray that, there's going to be a prayer team up here, or you can talk to me afterwards and say, Dan, tell me more about saying yes to Jesus. Tell me more about living in the kingdom, in the already, where I can experience heavenly things in my life. And I'd love to tell you how to do that. So I've got two calls, of act, calls to action for you. Um, these are things that just a simple springboard for you to start living as salt. The first is really simple. Tell God you want to be salty. You say, Jesus, I want to be someone who brings your kingdom to other people. I want to be someone that enhances the world around me like salt. Let them know that you want to bring salt to the people in your life. And then here's the important part. Start looking for opportunities. Because if you pray that, I think you're going to start to see things. God's going to put things in front of you. Maybe a friend comes, talks to you about a difficult season in their life, and, and you just ask to pray for them. Or maybe you see a neighbor who's in need, and they just need a little extra help. Maybe you just are supposed to give them some cash, and you give them some cash, just a way to be salt. Maybe it's the way the next time uh, you're at work, you choose to do the thing that Jesus would do. 
instead of a selfish thing, a thing that might make you more money or might make you look better. Instead, you humble yourself. Whatever that may be, start looking for those opportunities after you tell him that you want to be salt. And then the second thing I've got for you is do Lectio Divina over Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And what that is is just reading the scripture. So I would just start with a chapter, and I would read, let's just use Matthew chapter 6. Read that. And if a verse stands out to you, and one probably will, it'll stand out to you, you'll be like, oh, that was interesting. Read that over and over and over. Just focus in on that verse and read that a dozen times or so. And as you're reading it, ask God, God, what do you want to say to me through this verse? What do you want to say to me? And then ask God, what do you want me to do about it? You've shown me this verse. You've brought it to my attention. What do you want me to do with this verse? So you can try those two things. Those are my call to action. Tell God you want to be salty. Try doing Lectio Divina on a passage from Matthew 5, 6, or 7, this teaching where Jesus is telling us how to be salty. Let's pray. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org lifemohammed.org